Welcome to Zichur Daf Siman Rabbi Ram Golder, and today we're Maseches Rosh Hashanah Daf Hey, the first parak Arba Rosh Hashanim. Maseches Rosh Hashanah has been generously sponsored as a schus for Chaya Bas Esther. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, on Daf Dalad Amabase, where Mir and Rabbi Lezer Ben Yaakov derived that Shavuos has seven days of Tashlumim of compensation from a pasuk that juxtaposes Shavuos with Pesach. The Gemara and Ardav asks where the Tanakhama and Rabbi Shimon derive it from, given that they use that pasuk for a different limud and answers that they derive it from the source presented in the Brisa taught by Rabbi Bar Shmuel, which taught, Amr Torah Meneyomi Vekadesh Chodesh. The Torah said two things, count days and sanctify Rosh Chodesh, Meneyomi Vekadesh Atzeres, count days and sanctify Chagas Shavuos. This teaches Ma Chodesh just as the beginning of the month is sanctified for a period equal to one of the units by which it's counted, meaning a day, so to Shavuos is sanctified for a period equal to one of the units by which it is counted, meaning a week. When the Gemara asks that perhaps it should only be counted for a day, since the Torah also uses a day as a unit for counting up to Shavuos, Rav has said, It's a mitzvah to count both days and weeks. And furthermore, it's written, which literally means the festival of weeks. Pointing to a Bryce on Dav Dalad Amad Alv listed several obligations that are subject to the prohibition of Balta Acher. The Gemara here brings a source for each of the ruling. It was taught in a Bryce of the Pusik states, Kisidor Neder, when you make a neder, you should not delay to pay it. How do we know that a nedava is also subject to the prohibition of Balta Acher? The word neder is also stated in a different Pusik, Im Neder or Nedava, if a neder or Nedava is his carbon. So just as there a nedava is included with a neder, so too here. The Pasuk continues, Hashem al-Kelcha, to Hashem your God. This refers to Hadamin, Vaharachin, Vahacharamin, Vahagdeshos. The Pasuk continues, Losacher Shamo, you should not delay to pay it. This teaches that one is high for delaying it, but not for delaying Chilufav, its substitute. The Pasuk continues, Kidoroshidroshenu, for he will demand it. This refers to Chatos, Hashamos, Olos, Ushlamim. The Pasuk continues, Hashem al-Kelcha, Hashem your God. This refers to Tzedakos, Maestros, Bechor. The Pasuk continues, Me'imach of you. This refers to Lechot, Shechom, Peah. The Pasuk continues, Vayabecha, Chet. There will be a sin found in you. This teaches that if you delay, there will be sin in you. Lobekorbancha, Chet. And there will not be a sin in your offering, meaning that it does not become invalid. And pointing me through the Gemara, is what the Bryce is referring to when it teaches that one is not high for delaying payment of Chilufab, its substitute. And after the first explanation is rejected, Rav Shesha said, we're dealing with a case where two regalim passed and then the original or shlamim became blemished, whereupon he transferred its kedusha to another animal and one more yantav passed. You might have thought, since the substitute comes by virtue of the first offering, it's treated as a single offering that passed three regalim and the owner should be liable for a Akher. The Pasuk coming to teach he's not chayev. Rav explains that according to Rabbi Meir, who holds that one transgresses after one regal, we're dealing with a case where the original offering became blemished during the regal, and he transferred its kedusha to another animal, and then the regal passed. You might have thought that one should be chayv, since the animal comes by virtue of the first offering. The puzzle is coming to teach that he's not chayv. So once again, the three points are number one. On Daf Dalad Amabase, Rimer and Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov derived that Shavuos has seven days of Tashlumim, of compensation from a puzzle that juxtaposes Shavuos with Pesach. The Gemara and Ardav asks where the Tanakhama and Rabbi Shimon derive it from, given that they use that Pasuk for a different Limud, and answers that they derive it from the source presented in the Brisa taught by Rabbi Bar Shmuel, which taught, Amr Torah Meneyomi Vekadesh Chodesh. The Torah said two things, count days and sanctify Rosh Chodesh, Meneyomi Vekadesh Atzeres, count days and sanctify Chagas Shavuos. This teaches Ma Chodesh just as the beginning of the month is sanctified for a period equal to one of the units 
by which it's counted, meaning a day, so to Shavuos is sanctified for a period equal to one of the units by which it is counted, meaning a week. When the Gemara asks that perhaps it should only be counted for a day, since the Torah also uses a day as a unit for counting up to Shavuos, Rav said, Mitzvah It's a mitzvah to count both days and weeks. And furthermore, it's written, Chag Shavuos, which literally means the festival of weeks. Point number two, Abraisa and Dav Dalad Amanav listed several obligations that are subject to the prohibition of Balta Acher. The Gemara here brings a source for each of the ruling. It was taught in Abraisa, the Pasuk states, Kisidor Neder, when you make a neder, you should not delay to pay it. How do we know that a nedava is also subject to the prohibition of Balta Acher? The word neder is also stated in a different Pasuk, Im Neder or Nedava, if a neder or nedava is his carbon. So just as there a nedava is included with a neder, so too here. The Pasuk continues, Hashem al-Kecho, to Hashem your God. This refers to Hadamin, Vaharachin, Vahacharamin, Vahagdeshos. The Pasuk continues, Losa'acher Shamo, you should not delay to pay it. This teaches that one is high for delaying it, but not for delaying Chilufav, its substitute. The Pasuk continues, Kidoroshidroshenu, for he will demand it. This refers to Chatos, Hashamos, Olos, Ushlamim. Pasuk continues, Hashem el Kalcho, Hashem your God. This refers to Tzedakos, Maestros, Bechor. The Pasuk continues, Me'imach of you. This refers to Lechot, Shukhom, Peah. The Pasuk continues, Vayabecha, Chet. There will be a sin found in you. This teaches that if you delay, there will be sin in you. And there will not be a sin in your offering, meaning that it does not become invalid. And pointing me through the Gemara, what the Bryce is referring to when it teaches that one is not high for delaying payment of Chilufav, its substitute. And after the first explanation is rejected, Rav Shesha said, we're dealing with a case where two regalim passed, and then the original or shlamim became blemished, whereupon he transferred its kedusha to another animal, and one more yantav passed. You might have thought, since the substitute comes by virtue of the first offering, it's treated as a single offering that passed three regalim, and the owner should be liable for a balta'acher. The Pasuk's coming to teach, he's not chayev. Rav explains that according to Rabbi Meir, who holds that one transgresses after one regal, we're dealing with a case where the original offering became blemished during the regal, and he transferred its kedusha to another animal, and then the regal passed. You might have thought that one should be chayiv since the animal comes by virtue of the first offering. The puzzle is coming to teach that he's not chayiv. All right, so now we go to our simver daf hay, and our standard simmon is hay, like a haystack. So here goes. The children joyously jumping in the hay for the seven days of Tashumim for Shavuos, watching the Balta Acher parade, featuring several chiyuvim, such as Nadarim and Nadavos, as well as Peyaleket and Sadaka, were fascinated when one man noticed a blemish on his offering and transferred its Kedusha to a substitute. Once again, it's a motion. The children joyously jumping in the hay, hey, that must be one duff, hey. The children joyously jumping in the hay for the seven days of Tashumim for Shavuos, which reminds us, the Gemara asks where the Tanakam and Rabbi Shimon derive, that Shavuos has seven days of Tashumim, and answers that they derive it from the source presented in the Brisa taught by Rabbi Bar Shmuel, which taught, Chodesh. The Torah said two things, count days and sanctify Rosh Chodesh, count days and sanctify Shavuos. This teaches, Chodesh just at the beginning of the month, is sanctified for a period equal to one of the units by which it is counted, meaning a day, so to Shavuos is sanctified for a period equal to one of the units by which it is counted, meaning a week. So the children joyously jumping in the hay for the seven days of Tashumim for Shavuos, 
watching the Balta Acher Parade, featuring several chiyuvim such as Nadarim and Nadavos, as well as Peyaleka and Sadaka, which reminds us that Bryce Hondav Dalad Amaralv listed several obligations that are subject to the prohibition of Balta Acher, such as Nadarim, Nadavos, Hekdeshos, Sadakos, Maisos, Bechor, Peyaleka, Shechel, and more. The Gemara here brings the source for each of these rulings. So the children joyously jumping in the hay for the seven days of Tashlumi for Shavuos, watching the Balta Acher Parade, featuring several chiyuvim such as Nadarim and the Davos, as well as Peyaleket and Sadaka, were fascinated when one man noticed the blemish on his offering and transferred its Kedusha to a substitute. Which reminds us, that's what the Bryce is referring to when it teaches that one is not high for Balta Acher, for delaying payment of chiluf of its substitute. And after the first explanation is rejected, Rav Shesha said, Kagon We're doing the case where two regalim passed, and then the original Ola Shlami became blemished, whereupon he transferred his kedusha to another animal, and one more yantav passed. You might have thought, Since the substitute comes by virtue of the first offering, it's treated as a single offering that passed three regalim, and the owner should be high for Baal here. The pastor is coming to teach that he's not high. So once again, the children joyously jumping in the hay for the seven days of Tashumim for Shavuos, watching the Baal Ta'acher parade, featuring several chiyuvim such as Nadarim and Nadavos, as well as Peyaleket and Sadaka, were fascinated when one man noticed a blemish on his offering and transferred his Kedusha to a substitute. All right, now it's time for a four-bought-back Chazara. Daf Mem. So the simmer Daf Mem is a pool. So here goes. After depositing his fruit in a designated corner by the guardian's pool, pool, that must be more Daf Mem, Mayim. After depositing his fruit in a designated corner by the guardian's pool, which reminds us we have a Malchus Rabbishmur regarding one who deposits produce with a friend for safekeeping. Rab holds the produce is Karagli Mishayikidolo. The tchum of the deposit is like that of the feet of the one to whom it was entrusted, versus Shmuel holds Karagli Amafki. The tchum is according to the feet of the depositor. In a case in which the guardian assigned the depositor a specific corner in the guardian's house for storing the deposited produce, he is not the legal guardian of the produce, but the owner is. So after depositing his fruit in a designated corner by the guardian's pool, he wisely had his domesticated cow take a drink of water before the shechita. Which reminds them, the reason the mission says that one may water domesticated animals and shech them when it's obvious that one may give water to his animal on Yantiv is to inform us in passing of another matter that one should first water his animal and then shech it because of the adhesion of the hide to the animal. If one waters his animal before the shechita, it then becomes easier to skin later. So after depositing his fruit in a designated corner by the guardian's pool, he wisely had his domesticated cow take a drink of water before the shechita. While his range animals grazed happily in the pasture, since they were considered muksa when it came to shechita, which reminds us of the Gemara's final discussion regarding what Rebbe holds regarding the muksa status of range animals, when it seems that he subscribes to Rebbe Shimon's narrow view of muksa law. Three answers are given. Daf base of the simmer daf base is a bias, is a house. So here goes the royal house. Royal house that must move on daf base. The royal house where a king sat on his throne as a star was being signed, according to the year of his reign in the month of Nisan, which reminds us the opening Mishnah teaches that the first of Nisan is Rosh Hashanah from Malachim, which Rav Chisla said is needed with respect to Staros for documents. It was taught in the Mishnah, Shtari Chovam Damim Psulim, Mukharim Bukshirim, predated dead documents or puzzle, while post-dated ones are kosher. If the loan document is predated, the lender could use it to unlawfully collect properties that the borrower sold before the actual date of the loan, but after the date recorded in the document. Since stars are commonly dated using the year of the king's reign, it's necessary to have a standardized method of reckoning that year to determine whether a particular document is predated or postdated. So the royal house where a king sat on his throne as the star was being signed, according to the year of his reign in the month of Nisan, 
featured a massive mural depicting the history of Israel from Yitzhi which reminds Rabbi Yochanan said, from where do we know that we count the years of kings only from Nisan? Makish Malko Shlomo the Pasuk compares the reign of Shlomo to Yitzhi with respect to counting the years. My Yitzhi Therefore, just as the years from Yitzhi Yitzhi are counted from Nisan, so to the years of the reign of Shlomo are counted from Nisan. So, the royal house where a king sat on his throne as the star was being signed, according to the year of his reign in the month of Nisan, featured a massive mural depicting the history of Kaisrael, from Yitzhi all the way to the death of Aaron. Which reminds the Gemara how we know we count the years from Yitzhi Yitzhi from Nisan, perhaps we count them from Tishrei. And the answer is that one should not consider that possibility, since, when referring to Aaron's death that took place in Av, the Torah describes it as occurring in the 40th year from the Exodus. And referring to the beginning of Moshe's speech in the beginning of Chumash Dvarim, which was said five months later, with Tishrei in between, the Torah also describes it as occurring in the 40th year. Makal the Rosh Hashanah loved Tishrei Hu. It is evident that the Rosh Hashanah, with respect to Yitzhak is not Tishrei. Dav Gimel. So the similar Dav Gimel is a Gamal, a camel. So here goes. The camels, camels. That must be learned Dav Gimel, Gamal. The camels competing in the great annual camel race, taking place in the second month, in the second, which reminds the Gemara brings a different source to show that the years of the king's reign are counted from Nisan. Mohazer said it's derived from So he, referring to Shlomelk, began to build the base of Mikdash in the second month, which is the ER, in the second, in the fourth year of his reign. What does the Pasuk mean by repeating in the second? Does it not mean the second month after the month from which the king's reign is counted? That is, Iyar is the second month of the king's reign, which begins in Nisan. We see from here that Nisan is Rosh Hashanah for kings. So, the camels competing in the great annual camel race, taking place in the second month, in the second, race past the non-Jewish king, whose reign was counted in Tishrei. Which reminds us, with regard to the mission's ruling that Nisan is a Rosh Hashanah for kings, Rav Chista said, They taught this ruling only with respect to the kings of Israel, but with respect to the kings of the other nations of the world, we count their reigns from Tishrei. Since, in referring to an incident with Nehemiah that took place in Kislev, the Pasuk describes it as occurring in the 20th year, and referring to an incident that took place later in Nisan, the Pasuk also describes it as occurring in the 20th year, but called the Rosh Hashanah, love Nisan, who evidently the Rosh Hashanah with respect to the king's reign is not Nisan. And once we know it's not Nisan, it stands to reason that it begins in Tishrei, which marks the new year in many other contexts. So the camels competing in the great annual camel race, taking place in the second month, in the second, race past a non-Jewish king, whose reign was counted in Tishrei, and who was beginning to look sour as he realized he was about to lose this massive bet. Which reminds us when Rav Yosef challenged Rav Chisda's ruling that the reign of non-Jewish kings is reckoned from Tishrei, based on Pesukim referring to Daryavesh's reign, where Tishrei did not trigger the next year count of his reign, Rabbi Yitzhak answered, Korish mel Israel. Korish, referring to Daryavesh, was a virtuous king, therefore they reckoned his reign as they would for kings of Israel from Nisan. When later Pesukim were brought, they demonstrated that Nisan did not trigger the next year of his reign, Rabbi Yitzhak answered that it was not a kasha, here in the parish about the resumption of the temple's construction, which reckons Daryavesh's second year as beginning in Nisan, the references of the period before he soured. Whereas here in the parish which does not reckon his seventh year as beginning in Nisan, the reference is to the period after he soured. And then we're on the next stop, we'll discuss how Daryavesh soured. Daf Dalit, so the similar Daf Dalit is a door. So here goes. The door, door, that must be more in Daf Dalit, Dalit, door. The door to enter the shul featured a huge slot, 
for giving tzedakah to get into Olam Haba. Which reminds us, Rav Kahana objected Rav Yitzhak's contention that Daryavish soured by the time of Ezra's journey, for it's written in a letter that he sent with Ezra to give the governors of Yehuda that the Jews should be given whatever animals as offerings and supplies they needed daily without fail. Rabbi Yitzhak answered that from this very passage, we can see that he acted purely for selfish motives rather than the sake of heaven. For Dalyavesh says, so they may offer pleasing offerings to God of heaven and pray for the lives of the king and his children. The more questions if this is problematic, for it's taught in Abraisa, concerning one who says, I donate this out to tzedakah, so that my son shall live in this chus of the mitzvah, or that I should have a share in Olam Haba, Gamur. This person is a complete tzaddik. So why should Dalyavesh be considered self-serving? The Gemara answers that this is not a difficulty. Come be Israel, come be of the Chochavim here. The Brisa deals with the Jew, while here, in the case of Daryavesh, we're dealing with idolater. So the door to enter the shul featured a huge slot for giving tzedakah to get into Olam Haba, and was made of alternating rows of wood and marble. Which reminds the Gemara brings three differences between how Shlomo Melch and Daryavesh built the temple with rows of wood between rows of marble, which demonstrate how Daryavesh had soured. So the door to enter the shul featured a huge slot for giving tzedakah to get into Olam Haba, and was made of alternating rows of wood and marble, whereas the exit door next to it had a yontov counter posted on it, reminding members not to transgress the losase of Balta Acher. Which reminds the mission that Nisan is also the Rosh Hashanah for the Ragaim, and the Gemara explains the legal significance the nafkamina relates to one who made a vow with respect to subjugating him to the losase of do not delay. One who voluntarily vowed to bring an offering is prohibited to delay fulfillment of his vow beyond a certain period. The Gemara brings a five-way malchokas regarding when one transgresses our missions like Rabbi Shimon holds Shal Shagam Kassidrim V'Chagam Matzos Techila. The three Chagim must pass in sequence with Pesach first. All right, that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Goldam Zichur wishing you a great day and great learning.